For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, is YouTube Live finally becoming a good enough tool that we can actually ditch some of the third-party tools that we love to stream with? And an update for shorts that when you hear about it, you'll probably go, finally, or at least that was my reaction as well. And the biggest YouTube updates of 2022 and how what we feel is the biggest opportunity for marketers on YouTube coming up in 2023. We're going to explore all of that right now. My name is Jerry Potter. Yes, it rhymes with the boy wizard, host of the social media marketing talk show with social media examiner production, where we break down the latest social media news and what it means for marketers like you. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Today, I'm joined by Diana Gladney, a YouTube expert and consultant. Her YouTube channel is designed to help entrepreneurs simplify the video creation process, and she is the host of the Video Simplified podcast. Welcome to the show, Diana. Well, thank you so much for having me back here. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to have you back. So let's start with some of these updates for going live on YouTube. What are they rolling out for us now? Yeah. So if you've ever joined a live stream, you will notice that like you can bring comments up like we have on this show. And now I think YouTube is honestly just kind of wanting to cut in and be like, hey, maybe you could just use us and feature those comments and do different things like that when it comes to your live components. And just honestly, making the live stream more interactive instead of just a monologue. And I think for a lot of marketers, being able to feature your community and doing things like that is going to increase engagement because they know they're being seen instead of you just viewing comments and then kind of skipping over them, kind of a thing like that. There, I mean, that is obviously the strength of live video is to be able to actually engage with people in real time. And it's always this, at least for me, uh, and I think a lot of people probably feel this way when you go live, it's that internal struggle of, am I going to super serve the people that are here or am I going to try and keep it tight for the replay people? And, you know, I usually try before I go live, it's either for now or it's for later. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> if, when you do the best of both worlds, it doesn't usually work out ideally. So they've got these new features now, both for guests and for interaction. So can you go a little bit more about what those are? Yeah. So when you have the guest on for your live stream, like the one thing is like, well, they've kind of done a few different things, stick to desktop in, in this respect. So when somebody's joining in for the live stream, you also can do something they've introduced a bit before, which is like YouTube pairs, if you will, restream kind of did something like that. You can segment this out to your show, send other people to other parts of the show. It's been very interesting for the update. Awesome. So do you think at this point, the live tools that they're adding will remove the need for, you know, tools like StreamYard that we're using here and some of these other ones? They have a large hill to climb if they're going to be able to do that. <laughs> Simply because number one, if you're a content creating entrepreneur or marketer that's doing it for your brand or your business, you've already gotten comfortable. You've already built out your system. Your team is already familiar with that. And now YouTube, even though they were back in the day using like Google Hangouts, and now they're introducing these incremental updates that you kind of have to wait for. Whereas like apps like 
StreamYard, Ecamm Live, VMix, or what have you. That stuff is popping so fast. It's kind of hard for them to keep up. I think they are trying to kind of like, again, nudge in like you can just use us and we'll bring you those updates natively. And I think they'll probably add in some benefits, things that only YouTube can do. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be a replacement, at least not yet. Well, I mean, if nothing else, it makes it easier for somebody to just go live straight from YouTube and still be able to do some of those things. But of course, yeah. YouTube is never going to let us simultaneously stream to LinkedIn and Facebook and you know everywhere else like uh, you can do with some of these third-party tools. So, well, we're headed up here on the end of the year. And if you've got any money left in your 2022 training budget, do not let it go to waste. It's so important to invest in ourselves every single year. Lock in your ticket for the 10th annual Social Media Marketing World coming in 2023. You can improve your marketing results, accelerate your career, and crush your 2023 goals. And you can get more information. Just go to socialmediamarketing.world, socialmediamarketing.world. So lots of YouTube updates, even though it is the end of the year. And this next one is bringing YouTube Shorts to a brand new screen, sort of. Tell us about that. Yeah, so YouTube Shorts, which we are used to on mobile. And if you are a TikTok fanatic, then it's basically that for YouTube. But that's now coming to your local television theater system, so, or at least you hope. <laughs> but you're still going to get that vertical orientation, the ability to like and interact with some of the elements that they have there. But YouTube Shorts is coming to your television. And I think that's going to be interesting for how we view content. Well, one of the things they did that I saw was nice was they actually redesigned the interface. So you're not looking at a widescreen play bar across the bottom third of your YouTube short and different mm -hmm. things like that, which I think is great that they put some time into it as opposed to let's dump this over here. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's more to this about YouTube going to TV with shorts, like, is it just more content that you can watch on your TV? Or do you see something more for this as potential for marketers? No, YouTube is really smart. You know, again, back <laughs> of that Google, they're really smart. And I honestly believe there's something else that just kind of hasn't been uncovered yet, where you think about like when you're watching television, you have this interactive shopping, you can say A-L-E-X-A or any other animated lady <laughs> that you have in your house, do this or order this, add this to my cart. Okay, well, previously we talked about on the show how you're getting Shopify that you can now have clickable options that come up. That now introduced to a very highly consumable, easy to distribute content for whether you're just a shorts creator or like for most people watching this show, you're making short content for your brand. Why not buy your product? Why not buy your service? I think interactive television is coming and they're going to find some kind of way to marry that marketing with all of those tools. Yeah. So this next update is another YouTube Shorts update. And this is the one where I just kind of went, finally, because of all the things with Shorts, you know, this was definitely the most frustrating part for me. But they're finally going to be expanding this. Tell us what that is so that many more people can go, ah, okay. So with Shorts, you're going to get an extra 15 seconds of music that's to Shorts. Now, here's why that matters. You think 15 seconds is no big deal. Well, if you've ever tried to add music, again, if you're coming from using YouTube or Instagram Reels, if you're using TikTok and you're trying to like, you think you're going to do that on YouTube? Nah. So that music would cut out and it feels weird, messes up the vibe. So getting that extra 15 seconds usually means for about 30 seconds, most of your clips should be covered. Should be. <laughs> Is it just up to 30? Because I thought they said that you can go up to 60 with a lot of the tracks. So it's not that it's not beyond 60 clarifying that. But the thing is, most people would only see like the first 15 seconds of that song. So at best, getting that extra 15 on top of it 
you at least get 30 if it's shorter. So, you know, your shorter form content is going to work. But yeah, for sure, it's going to go up to 60 seconds. One of the things that I like about the way that they did this, too, is I guess when you look up a clip to use in your YouTube shorts, especially, you know, a commercial song, they'll actually show you how much of it you're allowed to use. Because mm. the previous experience, and that's why it had been so frustrating, is you're like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to use this uh, Beyonce song or this Taylor mm-hmm. Swift song. And then you're watching it back and you're like, oh, that's right. Like you said, especially if you are used to creating content on TikTok or Instagram where you can have much, much longer clips of that. For sure. Another important update, if you run ads on YouTube, they have updated their advertiser guidelines and apparently they're getting even more strict with these. And we're not going to go into all of the details about that because it's lengthy. So I'll just say, if you do advertise on YouTube, especially if you have a channel or ads that lean a little bit more edgy, it'd be worth definitely reviewing those as we go into the new year. But what are your thoughts on them sort of cracking down even more on the content and what's in it as we go forward? Yeah, for sure. It's like historically, if you look around like circa 2016, 2017 with YouTube, you've had where unfortunately they ran into a lot of issues. And I think YouTube just kind of got caught unawares. And so now they have a handle on it. They just want to keep a handle on it. They covered like a lot of different things from inappropriate language, violence, harmful or dangerous acts, adult content. But I, I don't think any of that stuff matters so much for marketers and content creators. But when it comes to language, I think it does. And then events like sensitive events, depending on like what a trending topic might be in your niche and you want to cover that, then at that point it becomes, is this advertiser friendly? Is this going to meet the guidelines or is it going to be in the gray area? And so part of what I'm hearing you're saying then is obviously they're wanting content to be as, I hate to use the word tame, yeah, but they want to be able to show ads on it, right? <laughs> yeah. So individually, if somebody did something negative, you have these, what they would call categorized as bad actors on the platform. No one in Forbes or Newsweek or publishing any kind of article around this would say that person specifically. They may list them, but they're going to say YouTube. And so YouTube now has to hold on to that shame and try to clean up house. I think they're just now trying to just keep the platform clean. Let's make sure that everybody can consume the content depending on the age restrictions or whatever. But let's just at least keep it clean so we don't have such hell and we can make more money. Ergo, pay more money out as well. Yeah. And to be clear too, these updates to the guidelines are specifically for advertisers, not people uploading organic content, but it's interesting to think about it where it's going with everybody. Yeah, for sure. And if you are somebody who loves to see your uh, videos do better or your clients' videos do better, but analytics and insights is the last thing you ever want to open. I love that they're giving us more tools on mobile, at least, because then you can do it, you know, while you're waiting for somebody or something like that. So tell us a little bit about this new mobile research tab that YouTube is rolling out. Yeah, it feels like YouTube is, again, kind of playing catch up from the mobile aspect, but we've seen a lot of updates throughout the year when it comes to this. So this research tab, similar to what you would see if you were on desktop, you're now getting access to that on mobile. And so the fact that you can log in as long as you update your app. So if you're not seeing it, go into your settings or, you know, whatever app you're using and try to update it and see if you're getting it because you should see it. But that way you can start like planning if you're on the go. Maybe you're sitting in the airport. You don't want to pull your laptop out, but you want to start doing and looking at the analytics. This helps you to honestly go ahead and get a jump start on that instead of needing to be on desktop. And this is interesting. YouTube is launching a new podcast now, which I think definitely has some implications for marketers. So what is this new podcast that YouTube is putting out? Yeah. So YouTube is now launching this like and describe this first ever trends podcast. Clever name. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's, and it plays to like some of the YouTube language, if you will. But this trending podcast, they had another one. Now they have this one. And we know they've been doing more focus towards it. 
if you are able to get access to the trending data specifically from the horse's mouth, so to speak, this is going to help you accelerate your content and honestly start with a better vision of what direction to go in without having to search and hope that your data that you've aggregated is correct. Well, and one of the things that I love about this is it's a podcast, because if you are a busy marketer or busy entrepreneur, sometimes it's tough to find time to sit down and necessarily watch videos. Like one of the things that YouTube does is a lot of their updates like that we get on this show, they post as videos because they're YouTube, mm. right? I get it. Right. <laughs> but there's times where it's like, oh, can I just read it or can I listen to it? So mm. I love that they are moving in this direction with the podcast. Again, for us business entrepreneurs, the way I see us operating if you are used to listening to NPR at a certain time and, and what have you, I think this is where this podcast will come in and honestly be very helpful. And again, contributing to producing better content, content more aligned in your niche. So whenever one of the social networks, you know, has a big announcement like, hey, look what we did. We have all these users or we have, you know, sometimes it just seems like a big hurrah. But I also <laughs> think from a marketing standpoint, I like seeing that stuff, especially if I'm investing my time and money in the platform. Like, you know, I mean, if we're going to be topical right now, all of the talk of, you know, everyone's looking at Twitter and Elon Musk taking over going, OK, what's going to happen? Are we going to keep investing our time here? Right. <laughs> But YouTube did make a big announcement that with their music and premium subscribers, people who pay to use YouTube, other than just you know paying by watching ads, hit 80 million users. So what are some of the implications around this for marketers, do you think? You know, it's interesting because they could take this a myriad of different ways. Again, we know throughout the year they've talked about podcasting. We know that like we just talked about, they're bringing more music to shorts. The fact that they have more music and premium subscribers, again, probably going to pull a little bit a little bit of that attraction and attention from Spotify and other similar platforms. You can just come to YouTube for everything that you're going to need. And if they have more music on the platform, we probably may be seeing that in shorts content and stuff as well, especially with another update, being able to reply to a comment as a short and producing that stuff. So I can see them going any kind of direction with just this grand update. Well, that was one of the thoughts I had too, is they, they talked about how YouTube music side that they are really trying to take care of the artists and make sure they get paid. And mm. if you study anything around that, I used to work in the music industry, not all the streaming platforms, you know, pay the same. Yep. That is kind of neat. And it does, as you mentioned, potentially improve the relationship between them and the artists and the record companies where we as marketers then can use more of that music content as part of our mm. shorts and things like that, which is great. So I went through everything that was updated on YouTube in 2022, and it was a gigantic list. And I narrowed it down to, we'll call it a small handful, I suppose, <laughs> of updates that I thought were some of the most interesting or biggest ones that we saw this year. And so what I want to do is I'm going to first kind of a recap, like, hey, these were some of the big updates this year. And then Diana, I want to ask you, which one do you think was the biggest impact update for marketers? Which one was turned out to be sort of a big nothing, if anything? And finally, what's the biggest opportunity for 2023? And I will also let you go first so I can copy your answer. If <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about the biggest updates of 2022. Obviously, shorts, you know, came out before this year, but they got massive this year. So YouTube Shorts, I'm going to have in there. The ability to advertise on Shorts really got going this year. The big expansion on podcasting, although I still feel like a lot of this stuff is kind of happening in the periphery, if you will, of this stuff where it's like, okay, where are they going with this? YouTube Clips, which was the ability to take up to a 60-second clip of video on demand, a long video on YouTube, mm -hmm. and then share it somewhere else. YouTube Cuts, not to be confused with Clips and Shorts. But cuts is where you could take one to five seconds of any video and then remix it. Auto chapters, which I think is great for helping us index our content better with less work. 
the corrections cards. I remember when you and I reported on that, it was like, oh, this is a great one. Also, improvements to analytics. I, the one I chose, the biggest one, was separating the uh, insights for the long videos, the shorts, and the lives, so we could kind of see things more specifically. Uh, lots of new shopping features, including you know live shopping and shoppable links. I'm almost done, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> the creator music update, where now marketers can pay to use a song in their video and then not have to share the ad revenue if it happened to make money after it went out. Updates to live, some of which we talked about today with guests in the Q&A feature. And then the last one was the YouTube handles, which is what every other social network essentially has. And now on YouTube, even for you know new channels, you get an at username. So to start off, what do you think was the biggest update or the biggest thing from 2022 on YouTube? The biggest update for me, I think, like we knew shorts was coming. We knew that that was going to happen because there's no way they were going to let TikTok and Instagram eat their lunch. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily that shorts happened because shorts happened in a very messy way. They were figuring stuff out. It was just sloppy. (laughs) (laughs) Messy is putting it kindly. (laughs) Exactly. The biggest thing for me, I think, was the separation of the analytics and then the separation of that data because now you can make more informed decisions and even down to the research tab that they launched and kicked off. So now that stuff starts to make more sense and you can find that like logic chain of things of what's happening on your channel. Yeah, between the different platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with the cliche answer and I'm going to just say the growth of shorts because as you described Mm -hmm. it as, uh, politely described it as messy, (laughs) let's say, you know, back in January, it's gotten a lot neater and it's gotten a lot tidier. And and as someone who's had a YouTube channel for a number of years now, I mean, in the beginning, it was like, what are we supposed to do with this thing? And now it's an incredible tool. It's an easy tool to then repurpose that content other places because short form video got just so much bigger this year, Mm. even than it did last year. So, Mm -hmm. all right, of all of the updates, and maybe you have one that's not on this list, or maybe you don't have one for this, but was there anything YouTube announced this year that you kind of felt like was a big nothing or at least is a big nothing so far? I honestly would say with the mobile updates that they've introduced, these are things I believe should have already been there. So the fact that you're getting them after we've already had and we're continuing just like to expand and the YouTube studio has been excellent on desktop. It's like the mobile felt like an afterthought. So it's still even with the updates, it's like, yeah, it's nice. You can feed that in, but it still feels like a med because they haven't unleashed really, I think, of what all is capable on mobile and through a secondary app just for the back end of YouTube. I'm going to pick on the podcasting on YouTube just a little bit. I still think podcasts are going to be a massive part of Google and YouTube in the future. Mm-hmm. With how vague they've been with it, it's mm-hmm. been tough for marketers to really capitalize on it. Like I wish they would maybe share, a, and maybe there's something out there I haven't seen, but share a little bit more of a roadmap as opposed to, come on, upload your stuff to YouTube, keep doing it, you know? Yep. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And the biggest opportunity you think on YouTube for 2023? It's funny you said podcast because I feel like the biggest opportunity is going to be podcast. And I think the lull of why it was like, oh, we're going to do a podcast. Oh, here's a show that only has a couple episodes. Like, it's it's like we now is this new and it's like we're going to do something. But it just kind of takes a nose dive. Now, the reason why I think, though, it's going to be huge is because of this. We know that they're like aggregating data. We know that they're constantly pulling in stuff. They're trying to get people to buy into it, basically. And then people already have a podcast. Maybe it's a separate channel. Maybe you're like, eh, I don't know. But with all the other things that they're putting into place, I just think they didn't want to launch podcasts as messy as Shorts was. And Shorts needing so much attention, they had to put that fire out and get it under control. Meanwhile, 
I think on the back side of things, they are just like planning for a more aggregated and organized launch for podcasting. And when they do, I think they'll have all the other necessary pieces that'll just kind of fit like a puzzle. Well, and yeah, that's really interesting. And for podcasters too, you know, keeping in mind, if your podcast does well on YouTube, that's going to help on Google as well. 100%. That's always been the biggest temptation of, yes, podcasts should be on YouTube mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. then you know that, you know, they're going to be on Google. I think the biggest opportunity for 2023 that I'm excited about with YouTube is actually going to be a combination of the YouTube shorts and then longs, as we've been, you know, jokingly calling them around here. Pants. <laughs> yeah, pants. You know, but the videos on demand, the, the, you know, the old school, the traditional YouTube video, right. the widescreen video, along with shorts, because I've seen happening from people I'm talking to is, you know, you have people that have had channels for a while like me, and we just kind of keep putting up the landscape videos, and I've absolutely posted shorts. And then you have other people that are coming in, and they're not even bothering mm-hmm. with, you know, the VODs or the the pants. And, and so they're just going all in on this. And I think mm-hmm. there's a really strong strategy with the two of them, starting with making one, you know, 60 seconds of every one of your long videos, potentially a great short that leaves people wanting more because they're letting us clip that 60 seconds and then quickly turn it into a short and link back to the original video. So I just think Mm -hmm. there's more where they can sort of benefit each other in that way. I agree. I think the landscape of YouTube is changing and has changed because the social behavior, how you used to consume the content here with just They had, you know, where you could upload a vertical video on mobile and stuff. Nobody wanted to. Everybody hated it. Just horrible. But now with the adoption of vertical videos, they've introduced it on the platform. The landscape of how we consume content, not just our attention spans, but what we actually want as consumers has changed. So I think as social media marketers moving forward, we're going to have to adopt a new strategy, like you said, with the shorts. However, I think it's going to be not just paying attention to what the platform does, but how your specific target audience is choosing now to consume content. And I don't think it's just going to be a one-way ticket like how it used to be with YouTube. Yeah. And you absolutely nailed it there. And this is true for all of us on all the platforms. The the platforms can say and do whatever they want, but if the consumer behavior and interest doesn't line up, if the platforms want to do whatever they want, we wouldn't be, you know, talking about TikTok all the time because they would still be doing everything the other way. But obviously yeah. consumers went a different direction and here we are. So don't forget, get your ticket now for Social Media Marketing World. You can grab it quickly. Just go to socialmediamarketing.world. Diana, where can we discover more about you? You can find me at dianagladney.com. And because we have YouTube handles now, also came out this year, just at Diana Gladney on the platform and I will pop up. There you go. Nice. And if you want to add another podcast to your listening lineup, we have two for you to check out the social media marketing podcast, as well as the web three business podcast, formerly known as the crypto business podcast is now the web three business podcast with Michael Stelzner. You can find those on your favorite podcasting app. And until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. Take care, everybody. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.